Today's episode is with a former D1 wrestler, four times founder, and with two exits. He's current CEO of Fulfill.com, the number one 3PL marketplace for warehouse services. Please welcome Joe Spizak. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, what's up, Matt? Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, excited to jam, uh, talk all things uh, fulfillment, operations, warehouse, shipping, all this stuff that is so overlooked. Um, but it is so complicated, it's technical, it's difficult, but it's so important. Um, we, most brand founders start off, they're picking and packing their orders in their, in their living room, in their garage. At some point, the brand grows and expands, and then what? And then how do they know, like, what's next? Who should they work with? What, how much should they be paying these people? Who's the right partner, right fit for them? So I think that's what we're going to focus on today is kind of going through all that process. So Joe, like what is the like right time, and I'm saying that in air quotes, for a brand founder to go from doing it themselves to working with a, a 3PL? Yeah, great question, man. And I'm excited to talk all things logistics and shipping today. I know it's traditionally thought as being pretty unsexy in our industry, but it's just such a huge part of e-commerce um, and being able to run a successful operation and scale your company successfully. So um, although it can be a little unsexy, um, it's so important. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to dive in a little bit more. Um, so to answer your question, uh, in air quotes, when is it time to look for uh, a fulfillment center? Uh, the answer is it really depends. But the general rule of thumb is uh, once you're a brand owner and you get to the point where you're doing 50, 100, 200 orders a month, you start to kind of hit this, what I call graduation period, where you end up spending um, a critical amount of your time picking and packing orders, putting them in your car, driving them to your local USPS or UPS, um, and shipping them out from there. And it just becomes too much of a time suck that you could uh, be spending on sales and marketing and branding and new product creation uh, that you, the more time it ends up taking up, it's just the, the uh, more you should be thinking about outsourcing to a 3PL or, or a third-party logistics company. So although, you know, uh, as you know, cash is king and cash flow is so important, especially in those early stages of starting uh, your e-commerce brand, your company. Um, so you want to keep it in-house as, as long as you can and uh, to, to keep that cash flow up so you can dump that back into paid marketing or content creation or whatever your growth strategy is. Um, you're very quickly going to see that. Uh, the benefit of working with a 3PL is going to start outweighing the the you know extra 10% in cash flow that you're able to to uh, keep coming back into your company, and then you have to start looking at you know almost like economies of scale. So you know if you are doing your own fulfillment at home, you're probably going to Amazon or Uline.com to buy your buy your packaging. Um, you probably uh, don't have shipping discounts with one of the big four shipping carriers being UPS, USPS, DHL e-commerce, um, or FedEx. Uh, so you're probably shipping like near retail rates. Um, and then uh, you also probably are buying your own software. So you, you start to add up all of these other costs. And um, the, more you, the, the bigger you get and the more you add those things together, the more it makes sense um, to outsource to a 3PL for sure. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I love the, it depends, but then you actually answered the question. Uh, <laughs> so many people just say it depends and then avoid it. So thanks for giving some guidelines around that. Super helpful. So we, we kind of know the general timing and we know why we know about the, you mentioned the economies of scale and the three PLs can combine all of their clients and then negotiate rates on your behalf. They get the, these like packaging materials in bulk. Uh, the shipping rates too. So that's, that's how they can be a good partner for you. So then how do you like, how do you go about finding a 3PL then? Uh, you're cool. I think it's time. I'm, I'm like, my hands are hurting from like picking and packing and sh like packaging stuff up and doing all the handwritten notes and thank yous and like, what, like, okay, how do I find a 3PL? Like what's the, what would you advise someone to do? Yeah, so great question. And this is actually the reason I started my own 3PL that I sold a couple years ago um, because I had such a difficult time. I, I have a couple e-commerce brands as well, and I went through three different 3PLs over the course of a year and a half. And I thought that each one was going to be that great fit for us. And then it turned out for one reason or another, they just didn't have what we were looking for or the pricing was just egregious when I started to compare other people. But you know, whenever you start uh, your e-commerce brand, you, you know that uh, industry really well, right? So I started board game companies. I was great at creating board game companies, great at marketing them, great at uh, selling them, um, but logistics was just a whole nother beast, right? It's a whole nother leg to your business. So it's really difficult whenever you are um, looking for a logistics company and you are talking to five, 10, 20 different 3PLs and you are getting all of these different quotes and you're trying to compare pricing apples to apples um, and you're trying to find the best long-term partner to help you scale based off of a variety of factors. And so I guess to kind of rewind a little bit to answer your question, maybe we start with what are some of these factors that you should be trying to solve for when looking for a 3PL? Um, so one, I, I think I think my top my top uh, one would be quality of service. So you know you could put a couple of different things under that quality of uh, of service umbrella. So one, customer support. Um, how quickly are you able to get a hold of people at the company, or can you talk to people on the warehouse floor in real time? Um, I always you know said like you want a three PL that acts as an extension of your business not just you know, a, a third party that you can email and 72 hours later, you, you're praying to God that you can get a response and they can, that they can actually help you solve your problem. Try and find a 3PL that has an instant messaging service where you can literally talk to the people on the warehouse floor in real time. Uh, you know, th that is a true extension of your business where you have people that are actually picking and packing and you still get, the, get all of the added benefits of the economies of scale that we alluded at earlier. Um, same thing with quality of service, um, pick and pack time. So if your 3PL isn't able to pick, pack and ship something from their location in under 24 hours from the time that order was placed on, uh, on your e-commerce uh, sales channel, then that is a huge SLA that they're missing. Um, that is, you know, bare minimum, what they need to be doing is under a 24 SLA, 24 hour SLA from the time the order was placed. And, you know, it needs to be even faster if uh, your end customer is ordering overnight shipping and, you know, it's a priority for your brand to get uh, one day shipping or a two day shipping option, which is true for lots of different brands. Um, and then I guess uh, lastly, with quality of service, um, 
can they scale into additional sales channels that you're going to want to push into? So uh, a, a lot of tech forward 3PLs will check the box on your most standard e-commerce sales channels, right? So let's think Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, eBay, Amazon, FBM, um, Walmart.com, things of that nature. But what if you are uh, selling board games like we were and you want to expand to a more niche board game sales channel or you want to do sell on a corporate gifting platform or you want to sell on Zappos.com? Um, a lot of 3PLs won't have outside of the box integrations or something like that. But for your company, that's one of the biggest things that we did to scale our e-commerce brands was start selling on different channels. Um, you know, we didn't have to create new products. We didn't have to uh, go back to the drawing board and spend a bunch of money. All we had to do was get our listing on, on more channels and get more eyes on it. Um, well, to a lot of logistics providers, that is a really tall task to do. Uh, a direct integration with new channels, but there's lots of people that can do it. And it's really not that difficult um, if, if you have the right partner. Um, so I think that's kind of the last thing I touch on with quality of service. Whenever you're looking for a 3PL, make sure that they can scale with you and that they're open to integrating with uh, new channels that you want to sell on. Otherwise, you're going to start capping out uh, the sales channels that you can sell on. And it's going to drastically um, affect uh, your trajectory as a company. And, you know, just to even double down on that more as I'm kind of talking through and thinking about it. So what about when you get to the point where you start getting uh, really big and you start to break into B2B wholesale, uh, you know, big retail, if you're that lucky, um, you'd be shocked at how many 3PLs don't have any type of systems to uh, system set up where they can ship into big retail or they can even do things like FBA prep, um, you, you know, if, I'm sure you've talked about this on previous episodes, but all the things it takes to ship into Amazon where, you, you know, you have to individually label every one of your units. You have to individually label all the cartons, individually label each side of the pallet that you're wrapping up to, to uh, send into Amazon. Um, a lot of 3PLs aren't equipped to do that or, or refuse to do that. That's something that you're going to want to know. Uh, b before you agree to go to a go, go with a 3PL because you know they slapped some pricing in front of you and, and, and it looked like your best option. So you know those are all things from a quality uh, quality control perspective that you're going to want to make sure that your 3PL has so so you can scale appropriately. Um, I guess the next thing that I would touch on and it's definitely one of the biggest uh, is pricing. Right. So that's one of the things that is so tough to do whenever you are manually um, reaching out to these three PLs and looking for the best option that uh, uh, fits your business is trying to compare these pricing apples to apples. Right. And um, let me break down generally what pricing looks like with three PLs. So a lot of them sh share commonality uh, on this pricing. Uh, and this is what you know, you would want to try and compare pricing apples to apples. So one would be your pick and pack fee. Um, so pick and pack fee is basically um, the cost that it's going to take to pack X amount of orders in a box, close that box, put some tape on it, slap a shipping label on it, and then send that directly to your end customer. Um, you're seeing kind of as a average in our industry, if you're doing, you know, anywhere from a couple hundred orders a month to maybe a couple thousand orders a month, uh, $2.75 per order plus 50 cents for each additional pick 
of items that need to go in there. Again, lots of different 3PLs have different pricing structures, but that's generally, you know, an, an average on what you can compare pick and pack pricing to. But again, I'll get into this a little later. Your pick and pack pricing, they could tell you it's a dollar plus 10 cents for each additional pick. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting the best deal with them either, right? People bake in margin in all sorts of other areas as well. So another pricing component that you're going to see commonly among 3PLs, storage pricing. Um, so storage pricing is typically either done by the amount of cubic volume you're taking up in a warehouse uh, in real time. So warehouses will be able to see exactly how much uh, space you're taking up and then bill you on like a daily basis directly to your credit card. Or some warehouses that don't bill cubic may do it on a biweekly or monthly basis based off of how much pallet space you're taking up with them how much shelf space you're taking up with them, and then how much bin space you're taking up with them. So they'll consolidate uh, SKUs into those individual metrics and then count it up at the end of each month. And they will put that in your bill. And then that's what they'll bill you for from a storage perspective. Um, and then uh, other pricing components, receiving. So whenever you are shipping via freight, your pallets of inventory into these warehouses, um, the warehouses have to receive this inventory, which is no small task. Uh, so some people are going to ship their inventory in that is already palletized and wrapped up coming directly from their manufacturer. Or, you know, we've had lots of customers in the past at the, the 3PL that I used to own and I sold um, that would do floor loaded containers, which can take a long, long time to, to unload. Um, but they can be more cost advantageous coming from the manufacturer because you can stack a lot more units and really pack them into these containers from floor to ceiling. Um, so general rule of thumb, again, for this, it, it really varies, is $15 to receive something that's palletized or $3 to receive a, a, a loose carton is what they would call it, something that wasn't palletized. Um, and, you know, you start to put all of these pricing components together and see how your inventory is coming in from your manufacturer. And that's when you realize there's so many different things that you can optimize or even just slight tweaks that you could make in what your end to end uh, supply chain looks like to save, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent uh, on, on your, on your um, total landed cost. And you, you, that's when you really start to have the light bulb go off and realize how important logistics is um, in, in your in growing your operation, just because there's so much money and uh, baked into that and so, so many savings that you can have. Um, yeah. And then, so we, we talked about storage, receiving, pick and pack. And then the last one, which a lot of people don't even really consider uh, is your shipping fees. So every day when the, the warehouse folks come in and, you know, let's say you did 50 orders uh, from your store that, that previous day, 50 people came and bought uh, something from your store. Um, that's 50 different shipping labels that need to be printed out and, and slapped on your orders. So, that shipping pricing varies based off of the negotiated rates that your 3PL has um, uh, with those big carriers. So not all negotiated rates are created equal. Some 3PL specialize in shipping big and bulky, so mainly UPS and FedEx. Um, and some 3PLs uh, specialize in shipping small parcel where they have great negotiated rates with DHL e-commerce or, um, or USPS. And, and let's say you're doing international volume. So there's international shipping carrier ag aggregators like a Flavor Cloud um, or an Ascendia 
where they can help um, 3PLs and even individual shippers with their cross-border shipping and drastically lower your, your shipping rates if you're doing you know, a lot of international volume. So these are all things to consider when you're looking for a 3PL because again, 3PLs will have better pricing in certain areas and they'll specialize from a quality control perspective um, in, in, in shipping uh, certain verticals uh, like apparel or electronics or tabletop board games um, much better from a quality control perspective uh, than other companies. So yeah, those are, those are just a couple of the things to consider when looking for a 3PL. Uh, that was an amazing, uh, you just got a, on a roll and I was like, Hold up, let him cook. Like, let, let Joe get after it. That was amazing. I was cooking, man. I was cooking, was cooking right there. That was so good. So uh, to, to recap, the initial thing to look at is quality of service. And broken down, quality of service is communication, the efficiency of that communication, and the style, and the method of it. If it's only email, text, call, et cetera, and how quickly that is, it's then the time of order to time out the door. Uh, you said less than 24 hours is generally what you should be aiming for. And then the last um, piece of quality was the uh, partially was the pricing, which you kind of went into all those different yeah. kind of variables as well. So um, that's kind of, yeah. and then you pick it back, storage, inventory, shipping, all, all, all these different variable costs um, that you kind of broke down for us. So yeah, yeah there's exactly. a lot in there, and, but it was good. And, and one of the things with quality control, the, the sales channel expansion, making sure that yeah. they have the, the, the tech integrations and the tech support team to be able to expand into new channels that you're going to want to sell on in, in the future. And I guess just the one last thing I want to tag on that is something I've coined called flexible fulfillment. So the ability to, if you want to have custom packaging, if you want to put inserts in your packaging to help you, you know, upsell um, uh, your, your customers with, uh, you know, different offers uh, through, through inserts. Um, and th those are like flexible fulfillment. You want to make sure that your provider has the ability to be able to do stuff outside of the realm of take your product off the shelf, stick it in a box, slap a label on it and send it out. You need a true growth partner that can act as an extension to your business and will be able to um, allow you to indulge in all of these brand management experiments um, you want to test as you are growing your brand. You don't want to be limited by, oh, no, we can't do this. We can't do that. You need a, pro you need, you need a, a partner that can say yes and be able to do what you guys need them to get done. Flexible fulfillment is a term I like. So thank yes. you for sharing that. And for a lot of brands, especially these D to C focused, like founder based and we're small brand, and they're kind of leaning into that angle, then more personalization, customization, flexibility, that matters more to some people. On the other hand, maybe they don't care about that at all. They're just exactly. like, cool. Like, I just want you to efficiently, the quickest, and most accurate with a few order, like, mess-ups or returns or whatever needed is to grab it off the shelf, put it in the box, label, go. So I think it's important and to know what you care about if your brand, if that's part of your brand or what you're prioritizing in your, in your margin dollars. Like, you only have so much money to go around and so many things to care about. Um, so some brands exactly. care about everything. They care about all this stuff. They want all of the um, 
bells and whistles and some people are like nope just like just keep it simple so um really good stuff there so joe like, you've kind of broken down a lot of the process for us and kind of the, a lot of the variables a lot of the pieces of the puzzle um <laughs> he said compared apples to apples and i was like did he do that on purpose because the card game like in the bar game <laughs> so i was like did he do that like i was just thinking i was just like smiling i'm like oh man no, no so I, I didn't but uh if, if the pun if the pun was good for you then just let it let it go i, yes. I did it on purpose then <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was a that was scripted yeah so okay so we have you have all these factors all these variables you're talking to a, a few different people does uh, physical location, like geography or regionalization, matter at all, or when does it matter? If like I'm in California and I've been packing here in California, in the Bay Area, but my 3PL, the best one I found so far, is across the country. Does it matter for me? Does it matter for my manufacturer? Like, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. Yes, you're thinking all in the right spots here because geography is a huge one of the variables to consider whenever you are uh, looking for a new 3PL. And I'll give you a couple of different examples here. So this is probably the number one reason geography would be important to you is uh, because of freight costs and where what port your inventory is coming into if you're if manufacturing overseas, which most people are. Most people are manufacturing in China or India, and if you're manufacturing in China, um, chances are that the cheapest way uh, via um, uh, sea freight is going to uh, be the, the the cheapest route is going to be uh, to the Los Angeles air sorry Los Angeles port. Um, so if you are bringing in you know containers and containers and containers um, to the Los Angeles port. Um, the next leg of the supply chain journey is going to be to have freight pick up those containers, throw it on a truck, and to freight that to the closest 3PL that can ingest all of that inventory and then uh, start fulfilling your orders whenever they come in through their warehouse management system. But, you know, there's been lots of advancements over the course of the last couple of years um, in, in what makes sense. Right. So, for example, like I'm sure you've seen in the news, everything that's been going on in the Los Angeles port uh, over the cor course of the last couple of years where there's been, you know, giant, uh, giant boats just stuck in the port for weeks at a time because there's literally no space left at the port and they're, they're full. So people have been uh, starting to go to other ports um they've been it's basically that cost benefit analysis of weighing in hey where does it make sense to boat our inventory to to freight to the closest warehouse to find a warehouse that has the best most advantageous pick and pack pricing shipping pricing and that's kind of the whole game that that you're, you're playing whenever you're looking for a 3pl uh, as a whole and then let's say you know maybe you're not going to ship via sea and, and you're shipping via air uh, a lot of people do that uh, quite often if they have lower amounts of inventory or they're really in a crunch and they need to get something in before holiday season or whatever peak season is for them. They could fly it in. Um, but more of the story is that is a huge reason for selecting a 3PL in the right geography is because you're trying to figure out that balancing act on where should our manufacturer ship our inventory in and then how much is it going to cost us to run freight 
from that port to where our 3PL is, which is why you're seeing like, because cost per square footage is getting so expensive in like the Los Angeles market, we're seeing like $2 plus per square foot, which is absolute insanity. If you compare that to like where I um, bought my warehouse in central Pennsylvania um, for a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of that price. Um, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean Pennsylvania is the best option for people either. So um, you see a big push coming into like Nevada and people in Arizona, where although it's going to be more expensive to freight that inventory a longer distance, it's much cheaper from a storage perspective. Um, so you, th that's the balancing act right, right there. Wow. Um, I guess one other example I'll give of a location-based strategy um, is so the physically larger your inventory is. So let's say you're not shipping um, card games, you are shipping furniture or, your, or exercise equipment. Um, you want to have your inventory as close to your end customer as possible. So you want to be shipping in the zone one, two, or three range, as opposed to the zone six, seven, or eight range, which can be double, triple the cost. And it gets, it gets larger and larger, your shipping costs, the, the more your items weigh and the bulkier they are from a dimensions perspective. So a lot of times you'll see, you know, even furniture uh, uh, people or exercise equipment people doing a couple hundred orders a month want to split their inventory East Coast, West Coast or East Coast, West Coast, Midwest so they can have multiple points that their inventory can leave from and they can ship their inventory from the closest location to their end customer. And again, it's it's of incre increasing importance to have uh, multiple warehouse locations if you're shipping stuff that is big and bulky because that's how much the, the shipping rates can increase. So, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, regionalization and location and all that stuff. And the brief history lesson on the LA port and that uh, hold backups and that was, uh, yeah. Big thing last year, at least in 2022, for sure. There was like, like so much, like just miles and miles of boats just sitting in the ocean, just stuck. It was uh, yeah. absurd to see. And um, so that's interesting how you shared about that. Uh, and then balancing the cost between the storage and then the freight to actually get the stuff fr from the port to the warehouse. So uh, lots of factors and costs that. I didn't, I didn't even like kind of realize or uh, take into account that much. So um, that's really cool. Uh, that's really good to know. So then what's, we, we have like all the basics. We have this like foundation kind of laid out of um, what to expect or what to look for, or what, what the costs are. Um, what are some like red flags or yellow flags to be aware of? Like, we, like you see, we've shared what to look out for. And what to be aware of on like what's good like what are some things that are like be wary of this that they might surprise you or costs or mishaps that you've kind of experienced or some examples you could share yeah so i think red flags or yellow flags that i'd be looking for whenever i'm talking to different warehouses that you know you come back to our uh, uh quality of service and our pricing discussion earlier in the talk um, what are some things that you could look for that could help you make some assumptions about those factors right there? And what I would say is 
ask for references from these warehouses uh, for people that are in a very similar vertical as yourself, right? So if I'm selling card games, what other card games are you guys shipping for right now? And if they're not, you know, that brings up some other questions there. Like why, why aren't you like if, you know, if they're just starting out and they're boutique and they're newer, you know, that that's okay. Right. Because it, but you should still make sure that they can do a good job from a quality control perspective if they're newer, but you can make assumptions that if they're shipping for a lot of other people in your vertical, um, then they must be doing some stuff well in order to attract and retain those customers. Right. So that's always a green flag for me. If I'm a, a, a board game salesperson and I see that they're shipping for some really great board game companies, and then I ask for references from them and I talk to them and let their customers say all the things that they're great out great at and some things that they wish they could do better that, you know, that's, a good general rule of thumb to discuss while you're talking with warehouse, looking for a warehouse provider without having to get into the 5,000 questions that you could be asking them that are logistics specific and you just don't know what you don't know. So um, th that's some good advice right there. Who else are they shipping for? How close are they to your vertical? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's good stuff right there. And then I guess like uh, red flags to look out for come really back to that pricing discussion we were talking about earlier. And that's the toughest thing to do whenever you're looking for a, a new warehouse partner is finding your best pricing option. And red flags I would look for are you, you need to get total cost of ownership. So all of the different pricing components I talked about earlier, storage, receiving, picking pack, and then label shipping fees. If they're not going to give you like their their shipping label fees um, from a zone one to zone eight uh, anywhere in the country based off of the, the weight of the item going out, that's a giant red flag because it means that they're taking their pick and pack pricing and they're cutting that down and they're adding shipping margin in and making it up for on, on the back end, right? So anytime you're comparing these apples to apples, make oh. sure you have all of the information because a lot of people are going to, going to try and bury costs. And it's one of the things that biggest complaints we hear when we're talking and helping people find new warehouses is, oh, well, our last fulfillment center, they just hit us with so many different hidden fees over the course of working with them that we did not hear during the discussion with the account executive or whoever else they were talking to at the warehouse. And then they get hit with all these hidden fees. And it's kind of like, what are you talking about, man? Like we never discussed any of this. So that is like huge red and yellow flags you should look for is get every breakdown of every single pricing component um, that you're going to be hit with. And um, make sure that that is all, you know, detailed out in the contract so they can't try and pull a fast one on you, basically. Yeah, no, those are great. Uh, red and yellow flags there. Um, is there, is there a, a like, component of this of, oh, I'm a small brand. I want to work with a small 3PL. Is it like, oh, is it fit of just culture of like just talking to the person on the phone? Uh, how big are these other factors or... Oh, I just like, I'm not looking to scale my brand to 30 million a year, like in the next couple of years. Like I don't need this big like, warehouse or partner yet. Um, I just want someone I can trust and rely on. Like what are some, these are almost like intangible things that are harder to like write down of like cost. Um, how, what would you recommend to founders to like factor these in? Or if you do, how heavily are those weighted in? Yeah. Great question. Um, 
I'm a big culture fit person, right? From the employees I hire to the third parties that we work with, um, it's got to be a great culture fit. And there's got to be a lot of belief on the other side of the equation too, and them really wanting to work with you. Um, or otherwise, you're just going to be lost in the shuffle. And that's what happens uh, with a lot of the, you know, big 10 three PLs that you see in our industry where you'll go and Google a uh, new warehouse or uh, best three PLs. And it's impossible to sift through all of the marketing clutter because you have these big guys that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and they're able to just dominate the search engine space. So everywhere you look, every, every blog article that's written under the, these keywords that these guys are dominating, but it's actually quite the opposite from a, a quality control perspective uh, and even pricing perspective too, um, is that these big guys, it's kind of been the big changing force in our industry now is that they're most of the time not the best option um, for, for e-commerce brands from a pricing and a quality control perspective. So we're living in what I call the rise of boutique level fulfillment, fulfillment centers um, where you're, you're seeing these uh, up and these scrappy up and comers um, who are able to deliver great quality and even better pricing than the big guys. And they can act as an extension of your business where you can reach out to them and talk to them in real time. Um, and they can kind of beat the big guys on all uh, playing fields. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just, it's tough to find them and sift through because they don't have the marketing dollars to be uh, in, in front of everybody who would be the best fit for them. Right. And there's always that, uh, there can be a chicken and egg problem with yes. any kind of service provider of, oh, we're doing such good work and we're so busy on filling our current clients and we don't have time or money to try to outrank these people or outbid these people. And then, so you get stuck, but then the current clients refer you to other people and um, other brands and then you, get, yeah. you grow that way. So and, that's, and that's hilarious because you have these people who are amazing operators and that, that's what they're great at the operations, but they don't know how to market or sell themselves appropriately to be able to get in front of the brands that they would be able to do a best job shipping for. And like in a unsexy industry, like logistics, that Oof. is what we see a lot. We see a lot of people who are amazing with their operations, but they aren't amazing in getting customers that they would do the best job for. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I've, uh, I had experience with that when I was freelancing, consulting myself, uh, on that, like media buying and strategy and stuff and then referring to other people or even talking with agencies and freelancers when I've hired them. So it's, 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 it's a, not just a 3PL warehouse problem. It is a ongoing widespread service problem. Uh, yeah, that's pretty that's a, common. That's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. So just keep that in mind, just cause you found them or they're the, they're the loudest or that they show up the most doesn't mean that they're always the best fit for you. Um, so Joe, uh, you've, you know, a shit ton about logistics <laughs> and warehouse and fulfillment and all this operation stuff, all this unsexy stuff. You briefly mentioned it earlier about going through three different three PLs in the course of a year and a half for when you're running your brand, but like what, like, let's break that down a little bit more and really explain like why and how you, you this led you to what you're doing now with fulfill.com like what was the problem you faced how did you solve it and then now how are you 
doing it at a larger scale. Sure. Yeah. So I'll give you kind of the expedited version of this so it doesn't become a biography on myself here. But I've started uh, several different uh, games in the tabletop board game space. The game started to do really well. We got to that graduation phase we talked about earlier where I was spending way too much time shipping from my mom's garage and I needed to um, figure out a way to outsource the shipping component of our biz. Went through three different 3PLs over the course of a year and a half ran into all the problems that we talked about, pricing transparency, um, quality of service, uh, inability to work with us and scale into new sales channels. The list goes on and on and on. Decided to bring the shipping back in-house and do it at a more commercial scale and started a company called ShipDaddy. Ended up scaling that, which is a third-party logistics company based out of uh, central Pennsylvania, which is where my wife and I are from. Um, Ended up selling that a few years ago um, to start fulfill.com and fulfill.com it, it was built around all of the problems that I told you about leading up to this point. Um, there's not a good place for e-commerce brands or companies in general to come to be able to find their best fit for a third party logistics partner, right? So what people can do is they can come to us at fulfill.com. They can submit their information to us. And we have hundreds and hundreds of warehouse locations. We've got the big guys. We've got boutique level 3PLs. We've got people just starting out. And what we do is we run all of the information that you've submit to us against our network of warehouses and are able to shortlist the best uh, possible options for you based off of the, the pricing, the quality of service, Um, whatever other factors are important to you. And then we can shortlist that, give you introductions and let you talk to those three PLs and start the relationship and ship directly with them at zero cost to the e-commerce brands uh, or the people that are looking for fulfillment partners. So that's, that's what we're solving right now. And we are a marketplace that connects, connects those parties right there. Um, And we've been having lots of success. We've been, um, it's great seeing people benefit from our service because we, uh, we, myself and the other execs at our company still have e-commerce brands or actively growing theirs. So it's really nice to be able to work with people that are a combination of e-commerce and understand that side of the house really, really well and logistics and understand that side of the house really, really well. And we are able to bridge the gap um, and save people a lot of time, money and, and, and heartache by selecting the wrong fulfillment partner. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, just imagining what you're talking about earlier with us about, oh yeah, I want to do uh, inserts or custom notes or uh, I have a specific pa- box or bag with our brand on it versus just the standard like, you know, uh, white, plain white or plain brown, like corrugated box. Like, you know, like this is, oh, we onboarded, we're getting started and then, oh, yeah, no, we can't do that. Like that is so much time and effort and probably money to like ship all of your inventory over. So I can imagine uh, a service like fulfill.com being really helpful and trying to uh, stand out on its own with the power of all the other three PLs to then kind of go against just the big guys. So you can help the brands at all levels kind of find the right fit for them. So that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's, it is, uh, to oversimplify it, it could be as, um, comparable to any kind of marketplace like Upwork where I'm like, hey, I'm a talent and I, you can hire me 
or you can be like, I'm looking for talent. I want to hire you, right? That's exactly what it is. We're a marketplace that connects people looking for fulfillment centers and fulfillment centers looking for the right customers. Cool. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Very simply put. Um, and you, you've, you guys have been running that for the last year or two now, or how long has it been? Yeah, probably about a year and a half now. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, so are, do you guys, uh, you sold ship that a few years ago, but do you have any warehouses yourself or are you more just on this at the marketplace level now? Yeah, uh, uh, we are uh, on the marketplace level now. We don't have any warehouses that we own or physical space that we own. I sold and got out of that game, um, but we work with other 3PLs, help them with marketing. Um, you know, we do that as well just because. You know, it makes sense. That's one of the codes I felt like I really cracked at Chip Daddy is how to build these marketing systems to find your your um, ideal customer profile. So, um, you know, we're kind of like an all around consultative growth service for e-commerce brands and uh, 3PLs alike. But that's that's our, the core function of our business is a marketplace that connects people with the right shipping partners. And that's where we will continue to build out. And we're building tools behind that to make the process even easier uh, as we speak, but, uh, right now, you know, we have our team of experts and all of our data for the warehouses on the back end. We're able to punch that data in and start to push out stuff to us where we can shortlist the warehouses and, and, and give it to uh, the people that are looking. That's, uh, I was going to say that's so awesome and cool, but then I like, that's so nerdy of us. Like we're, <laughs> we go, we get excited about this, like super oh, yeah. insider industry stuff, but uh it's true it's like it's that's cool it's great um most people would be like crazy like that's so boring but you know that's uh that's what happens when you are revolutionizing and like leveling up an unsexy part of the business so yeah um, that's really neat man uh two two more questions we're gonna start landing the proverbial podcast plane here uh (laughs) wrap up is uh i want one um I want one example, one story that a little more specific about either a huge win when you were operating your warehouse, like, oh, we had a last minute order come in and we got this, all the stuff out the door within a certain amount of time. The client was super happy or just like the opposite end of just like an app, either when you were brand side or fulfillment side, like I just want one, one final story to kind of like give a little bit more insight onto what people might be dealing with or might experience. Yeah. So I can give you a huge blunder that we had whenever we were growing our warehouse. Um, So we made this, the big jump. So whenever you're a warehouse owner, um, one of the big risky jumps that you make is whenever you're in between warehouse locations, whenever you fill up one location and it's time to purchase or sign a lease at a new, much larger location. So I made the jump from a 6,000 square foot facility that I ended up packing to the brim to purchasing a 140,000 square foot facility, um, which, you know, when we did that, we were put on the clock right away that I need to get my cash flow up. I was bootstrapping the company myself. So, you know, I wasn't exactly rolling, it, rolling in it at the time. So it was a very big risk for us. Um, but one that I, I wanted to make uh, as, as we grew our company. And so one of the things that we did was we purchased the truck because we were going to need to run tons of loads back and forth from our existing facility to the new location. And it made sense instead of having to 
uh, rent Uline or, or yeah, rent um, a rental truck basically and and spend all the rental time doing that. We might as well just buy a truck and we'll find ways to use it once we're finished doing this move. So uh, we finally finished purchasing the truck. We we're getting ready to use it in the very first day that we had the truck. One of our guys ran it into a tree and ripped off the entire top of the truck. So I had to, at our at uh, like the time when cash flow was most crucial at our company, I was paying for this truck that we just wrecked, and now I'm renting multiple trucks to be able to go on this move. Um, so we ended up just paying so much more money than what we, you know, really had in our budget, but. I think through hard work and perseverance and the ability to, you know, get the rest of our team on board and really say, hey, like, we have to kick it into overdrive right now because we're our backs against the wall. Um, that's what we did. And we ended up coming out on the other side of it uh, all better from it. But at the time, I was seriously nervous. Uh, but I think, you know, it's just a testament to uh, being an entrepreneur and some of those roller coaster hurdles that you have to go through um, in order to climb your way up. And it's something I can look back on and thankfully laugh at now. But at the time yeah. I was not laughing. I was sweating no. out. No, absolutely not. Wow. Uh, man, thanks for sharing a blunder. Um, a lot of people just share the wins and the pretty stuff. So yeah, appreciate, yeah, yeah. You, you, appreciate you being real with us on that. Um, and then I like to wrap up with uh, anything that I didn't ask that's been on top of your mind lately whether that's a piece of content you just saw that you reacted to, whether that's something that you, you wanted to say earlier, but kind of forgot, or I didn't ask the right question, so you couldn't share. Like one, one, one final piece uh, before we head out. Yeah, I think the last thing that I'll say is just to kind of recap what we talked about. Like logistics is such a huge and important and complex leg of what, uh, of e-commerce growth and growing your company in general. Um, you don't have to anymore be that person that goes out and interviews 25 different warehouses and tries to find the best option. Um, you can come to us. We'll do it for you for free. We'll find you the best options and we'll be able to save you so much time, money and heartache. So I really think that, you know, if you are at this point in your growth where you're evaluating or reevaluating the current logistics situation that you're in, please reach out to us and, um, we love working with business owners. We are business owners ourselves. We understand the position that you're in. Um, and we really talking about the culture fit from, from earlier, um, our hearts in the right place. And we really are trying to help out owners and, and, and help them find the right fit. So, uh, yeah, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you need any help, you no longer have to do this manually. There's people that can help you do it and at zero risk to you. So, that's awesome. what we're here for. That's amazing. Yep. That's a perfect segue. Fulfill.com. Go check out the number one 3PL marketplace for brands and fulfillment partners. Go ahead and uh, follow Joe on Twitter. Joe, what's your uh, Twitter Twitter handle? Where do you want to... Is that the best place to point people to? Yeah, that's perfect. I'm uh, very active on Twitter at Joe Speezy, J-O-E-S-P-E-E-Z-Y. And then I'm uh, really active on LinkedIn as well. Joe Spizak, S-P-I-S-A-K. Feel free to add me. Never he hesitate to reach out. Lo love talking shop. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. For appreciate your time and insight and uh, passion for an unsexy part of the business. But... Uh, someone's got to do it and I'm glad you and your team are doing it. So, uh, really, really great talking to you today. Everyone else. Thanks, thanks so much for, 
thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Leave myself or Joe a question, comment. Leave us for a rating review, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.